Thanks for joining us for this message from Awakened Church. We believe in the power of God's Word, and we pray that you are encouraged by this message. Now lean in as we hear from Pastor Kevin Miller. Uh, today is the series finale of a series we've called Scattered. Have, has this been helpful to anybody? Uh, have you guys enjoyed this series? I've really just been encouraged. This has been something that God laid on my heart in April, actually, as we were as a church reading through the book of Acts, and it struck me how often the early church was scattered and spread out, and yet God kept building them. And so today, uh, scattered part six, I want to actually start, is it okay if I start with a a Bible verse that maybe you're not going to like? Is that okay? Well, I'm going to do it anyway, so I just figured I'd ask you in case you wanted to give me permission. Here it is, Ecclesiastes 7.13. It says, accept the way God does things. For who can make straight what God has made crooked? Let me translate that for you. Does life feel inconvenient and detoured? Deal with it. That's, that's basically what, what the author Solomon, that's in the, the Kevin translation, the KV, the, K, the Kevin version. Um, Solomon is saying there's going to be times in life where it looks and feels a little crooked. Accept the way God does things. Learn to embrace it. It's a good reminder because um, when life feels crooked, and it often will, will we have to understand that if it's crooked, if, if God made it crooked, it was supposed to be crooked, right? Unlike every woodworking project I've ever done that accidentally ended up crooked, God doesn't do crooked on accident. He does it on purpose, for a purpose, on purpose, And so the goal of the message today, real simple, is by the end of this message, now I'm going to give you the title of the message here in a moment, but and and we're going to say it out loud together. But by the end of the message, I want you I I pray that God puts the faith in your heart to be able to say it by faith with confidence. The goal of this message is for us to be able to say by faith, here's the title of the message, I'm okay with crooked. Come on, let's say it out loud together. Ready? I'm okay with crooked. Now, some of you just said it because I told you to say it. That's okay. I'm praying that by the end of this message, you will see maybe a new vantage point on how God guides us. By the end of this message, you may not be able to even say, I like crooked, but I hope you're at least able to say, I'm okay with it. I'm learning to accept the way God does things. After all, the Scattered series has been a bunch of detours and runarounds. And that's really what this message is all about. It, but by, by us saying the phrase, I'm okay with crooked, we're saying, I accept the runarounds and the delays and the detours and the time spans that I don't understand. I'm learning to accept that God's timing and method and strategy are better than mine. I'm okay with however God is going to do it in my life. And, you know, the first century church was spread out all over. Persecution hit, and it, it scattered them, and God kept building. So Acts 16 is where we pick up today for the series finale, and um, just kind of some, uh, some, some reminder of context here. Acts 13, where we were last, the last two weeks, was Paul's first missionary journey, 13 and 14. Acts 16, now they're on their second missionary journey, and they're about to launch out this missionary team, taking the gospel to new ground, 
new areas in Asia that they've never been. And interestingly for us, and frustratingly for Paul, it does not work out at all as he had planned. Anybody been there before? Acts 16, maybe you can relate, verse 6. It says, And they went through the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. Stop right there. That is a wild phrase. The Holy Spirit forbid them to preach the gospel in Asia. What is happening here? Verse 7. When they came up to Mycenae, they attempted to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus didn't allow them. Shut down again. So, verse 8. Passing by Mycenae. So, remember... Travel here back in these last few verses. They, they wanted to go to Mycenae. God shut them down. So now it says in verse 8, they passed by it. That's where they had wanted to go. And they went down to a place called Troas. Verse 9, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him and saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. And when Paul had seen the vision, immediately... We sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. I want to give you four things today, four words, four things that you're going to need on your journey with Jesus. As you are, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, following the direction that God has for our lives, I want to give you four four things. Number one, you're going to need direction. Not just any directions, but you need God's direction for your life. We need direction. Paul um, is, is an example of this here. Now, one thing that's interesting, if you have a, a printed version of the Bible, oftentimes in a, in a printed Bible, mine has this in the back. There's a bunch of maps in the back that you maybe have never even looked at. That's okay. Um, on one of the maps, if you have maps in the back of your Bible, there's probably one that will chronicle the missionary journeys of Paul. You'll see it. Uh, you, you'll see the map, and it'll have all of these multicolored lines that kind of trace all over, all following the different directions that Paul went um, all around that region, eventually making it to Rome by the end of the book of, of Acts. Now, what's interesting is if you look at the map on Paul's second missionary journey, it is this dizzying maze of zigzags all over Asia. It's almost like Paul was trying to follow Apple Maps, but Siri got drunk the night before, you know? And she was just like, I don't know where I'm going. Let's take a left. I don't know. Google Maps just like was spitting out random information, and Paul was taking a left and a right, pulling a Michael Scott, just driving into the pond, you know what I mean? Following the GPS. And so they, they're, they're like all over the place trying to get to what, like, where are we going to go? Let's go preach the gospel here. Shut down. Well, let's take a left and we'll go over here. Shut down. And they're just frustratingly trying to get some direction. And I hope this is an encouragement to you because if you have ever felt like, come on, show of hands, wherever you're watching, if you have ever felt like you don't know which direction to go in following Jesus, come on. All right, anybody who ra- didn't raise your hand, you're lying, all right? Because the reality is we're all going to find a, a place, we're all going to find ourselves in a place of life where if we're, t- we're trying to follow Jesus, we're trying to do the right thing, and we just honestly don't even know, do I go left or right? Do I stand still? Do I walk forward? Where do I go? I hope this is an encouragement to you because 
Paul the Apostle, who wrote more New Testament books than anybody else, church planter extraordinaire, world-renowned for preaching the gospel, found himself in a place where he had no idea what to do. I hope that you're encouraged by that, because if you've ever felt like you don't have direction, you are in great company. Paul was there too. He needed direction. We need direction. If you remember Acts 1-8 from the beginning, week one of Scattered, we talked about Acts 1-8. Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. The Holy Spirit was in them, empowering them. And what's wild that happens here, we just read this in Acts 16, is that the, the same Holy Spirit who empowered them and compelled them to preach the gospel prevented them from preaching the gospel right here. What, what is happening? This had to be so frustrating for Paul and, and his team. And they get, they get shut down as they're trying to figure out where to go. Let me remind you also, maybe this is not an encouraging truth, but one we need to embrace as well. God, as, as you seek God's direction for your life, God will direct you as much through no as he will through yes. And it may not, you may not like that. That's okay. Don't shoot the messenger. Your problem's with God, okay? The reality is... We prefer the answer to our prayer in the positive, but God often directs us through the negative. Meaning, he may not give you all of the next few stops you need to take, but he'll at least be faithful to tell you, nope, go, don't go that way. We're just like, God, tell me where to go. Well, just don't go that way. Trust me for the next step. Well, should I go here? Well, don't go there. You're like, come on. I just, and it's this whole exercise of faith, right? God's not trying to frustrate you. He's trying to build your faith. He's trying to help you lean in even more. And I hope throughout this message, you're able to see why this is so valuable. So I hope, I hope this is a good visual to us that, that God's going to guide you through the no and the yes. So you need direction. There's a second thing you need. You need vision. So uh, watch, watch what Paul does here. They get a, a few closed doors as they're wandering through Asia. And uh, then they get a vision, verse 9. A vision appeared to Paul in the night, a man of Macedonia, standing there urging him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. This is quite the vision, by the way. You may not be able to pick up on it just by the black and white letters on your, on your page here. But this is emotional and global, this, this dream, this vision. It's emotional in that the, the original wording here that's used to describe this man describes a man from Macedonia almost commanding Paul, like, please, we're begging, we're urging you, please come help us. It's almost a command for Paul. It's, it's very emotional. But it's also global. We're not sure exactly how in the vision Paul knew that this man was from Macedonia. Maybe it was the clothing he was wearing in the dream. Maybe it was a, a, a signpost pointing to Macedonia. It could have been anything. But Paul knew this man was from Macedonia. And what's unique about that is that Paul was in Asia dreaming about a man who needed help in Europe on a different continent. Global. Are you tracking this? No wonder God shut down Paul's dream, Paul's plans, because Paul was thinking too small. 
Paul wanted cities for the gospel. God wanted continents for the gospel. Paul wanted to minister locally. God wanted to go globally. And so I just had to take a moment and pray and thank God as I studied for this message these last few weeks. I had to thank God and I just said, God, thank you for the times in your grace that you have shut down my small plans. God, continue to tell me no when I am praying too small. I don't always like getting the no, but i got to zoom out and say, I understand that God has the bigger picture here. And in my limited sight, this feels like the right direction. But when God says no, I know what he's trying to do is get me to Troas, get me to the place that I wasn't ever planning on going, but he needed me there to launch me into the next thing. Are you tracking with me? right? We, we got to thank God for the times where our, our dreams are so small that by his grace, he shuts them down so that we would go bigger into his. We need God's vision, not our vision. I need God-sized vision. I don't need Kevin-sized vision because God's vision is bigger than mine. God's plans are better than mine. God's timing is spot on. His strategy is perfect. And for my limited sight, I can only do so much. And yet, thank God, he speaks when we listen. Now, vision will come from God in a lot of different ways. It may be an actual vision like Paul had. It could also be finances. It could be a desire that God has placed on your heart. It could be a combination of a lot of things. In fact, I can say for for Jen and I, our experience has been it's normally a combination of a few things. We talked a little bit about this last week, a desire God's placed on your heart. But don't only follow the desire, right? You need God's word to confirm that. You need prayer to confirm that. You need godly counsel to confirm that. And oftentimes it's these things. We kind of put, put these things together to begin to figure out the direction that God, God has for us. So it's important that as, as we're seeking God's vision, we're consistently asking ourselves, how do I know that that vision is from the Lord? Right? Because sometimes we have some wild ideas. We need to know, is that God's vision or was that like the tacos that I ate last night? Come on, because it's important that we know the difference, right? The tacos are speaking too loud. You might, get, you might do some crazy things. So we need to know that this is God's thing. Now, I can't say the specifics for your vision, the, the vision that God has, is going to give you or has given you. But I can say this. If we look specifically at the vision that Paul had, look at it. Uh, it, it this vision involved launching out to serve other people and trust God. Let me tell you about this. Listen, the devil will never tell you to trust God, serve others, or be generous. Devil's not going to tell you that. In fact, what he'll often do is whisper the opposite in an enticing way. He'll start to question your, your faith in God. He'll start to just whisper stuff. Can you really? Can you really trust God? He might, he might not even flat out call God a liar but he'll plant the seeds of doubt in your mind. I mean, last time you prayed, it didn't seem like God really answered. Can he really be trusted? He'll start to just put those seeds of doubt in your mind. And then you'll have an opportunity to, to be generous and help somebody. And the devil will tell you something like, no, you're going to need, that's, that's not a wise way to spend that money. You need to, you need to save that up a little bit. 
Or you'll have an opportunity to tangibly serve somebody. You know what the devil will tell you? No. They, they did that to themselves. Don't, don't try to clean up their mess. That's not your problem. Right? So we, we need, yes, we need God's vision. But let me, let me say this. Not every need has your name on it. But if the need is empty of self and full of faith, there's a pretty good chance it's from God. If you can, through prayer, God's word, godly counsel, determine this is not my crazy, selfish idea. My motives are pure in this. And this is going to take a lot of faith in God to do this. There's a good chance that God may be calling you to that. It's going to take some time to figure that out, but we need God's direction We need God's vision. Here's the third thing you need. You're going to need a lot of prayer. Somebody's like, we talk a lot about prayer here. Uh, yeah, and we're going to keep it up. I would argue that's the most valuable piece of what you need in the journey. I'll tell you a few things um, that prayer will do for you. Now, what's interesting is that prayer isn't explicitly mentioned right here in Acts 16, but I guarantee Paul prayed about this. We know that prayer was what launched Paul into his first missionary journey to begin with. We know that certainly was not the only time Paul prayed. Paul was a man of prayer. Prayer wasn't just something that Paul did. It was just kind of like a language that he spoke. He was just always talking to God. So I know that prayer was a big part of this. And I'll tell you a few things that prayer will do, do for you along the way. First of all, how else, if, we, if we need direction and vision, how else are we going to receive it besides prayer? That's the main way that we receive God's direction. Another thing, and this is an important lesson for, for you to, to, hopefully this will help you. Another thing that prayer will do is it will help you discern along the way whose voice to listen to. Let, let, me, let me explain. From my own experience, listen closely, this will help you. From my own experience, what I've found is that if I am not praying if I am not consistently laying out my life and my desires and my steps before the Lord, day in and day out, it gets really hard for me to discern, is this God rerouting me or is this the devil derailing me? The only way you're going to know is if you're regularly, consistently talking to God. Here's what I mean by this. This is a word for somebody here today who you're about, you feel led to take some step. You've already, maybe you're ta- you've taken a step. You felt like you were going in the right direction and boom, a barrier hit right in front of you. And you don't know what to do. And now you're questioning, did I make the wrong move? Is this, is this God rerouting me? Do I need to just take a hard left and go the other way? Or is this the devil trying to derail me and I need to keep going? How are you going to know? Prayer. It's going to give you the discernment that you need along the way. So it's how you get direction. It's how you have discernment. But it's also how you get to God's destination for you. This is what prayer will do. Did you notice that Paul ended up in the city of Troas? And you're like... Yeah, I don't even know where that is. What's the big deal? Here's the big deal. Did you notice that Paul didn't even get the vision? He didn't even get a yes, any kind of clear direction until he ended up in Troas, which by the way, Troas was never on the map for Paul to go there. 
That was really originally part of the plan. He had lots of other places he was going to go. The Holy Spirit shut him down, led him to Troas. He rolled into Troas and then shortly after that had a vision about the man from Macedonia. Why is that significant? Because Macedonia was right on the other side of the body of water from the port city of Troas. Paul had a vision of a man in Macedonia saying, please come help us. Paul, I imagine, thought, but we're going to need to take a boat from there to, to get to Macedonia. That's a different continent. Guess what? Troas was a port city that had boats. Isn't that amazing how when, as Paul prayed and heard from the Lord and got shut down in multiple times where a lot of missionaries would have quit, Paul said, well, we can't go there and we can't go there. I guess we'll head to Troas. That wasn't part of the destination. And yet God took him exactly where he wanted him to be. He gave him a vision and Paul goes, that's perfect. We need a boat. We're in a port city. Let's go. You see what God did there? Listen, God will often shut your plans down to reroute you to his destination, not yours. You're like, but I wanted to go to my destination. God's is better. Always better. That's why you need prayer. Because if you need direction and you need vision, you're going to get it through prayer. Here's the fourth part. Fourth thing that you need is obedience. And this is vital because who cares about vision and direction if there's no action? And let me just be real blunt. I think... Vision and direction without action is a lot of the American church today. I think, listen, God didn't send the coronavirus, but he has a great way of using things like a virus to shake us up, to begin to reprioritize A lot of people are are so scared of being exposed to the virus. I think the virus exposed a lot of things about us. So, God said no to Paul multiple times, gave him a vision. Look at verse 10. When Paul had seen the vision, immediately... We sought to go into Macedonia. We need more immediately Christians. People will go, I got God's direction. I got God's vision. I'm going. Well, what about, well, what about, I don't know. We'll find a boat. We'll get there. Paul just launched. I love it. And and my favorite word in this whole text is the word concluding. Maybe in your Bible, you even underline or circle that word concluding. It's an interesting word. It means to bring together or unite or put things together. So what I love about this is that Paul went global with the gospel because he had what I like to call, what I prayed for this week, concluding faith. Meaning, he took all of the frustration and all of the the, the things that he wasn't, he'd never thought of before, and he put them together, and he took, he added in the vision, and he goes, I'm concluding. I've put those things together. I've united those things, and I believe this is the direction that God is calling us to. He, he launched the gospel global off of two no's and a vision. There's not a yes from the sky. There's not a booming voice. There's a, a guy in a dream and a bunch of frustration. And listen, listen to me very closely. I want the kind of faith. 
I am praying for the kind of faith that God would use me to launch out to do something that instead of allowing the frustration to derail me, instead it would reroute me to God's destination and not my own. That's, I want concluding faith. I want the kind of faith that goes, I'm not going to wait around for a booming voice sign from heaven. I'm going to put together the giftings and the callings and the, the, the desires and even the frustrations. And I'm going to put all that together and say, I'm concluding this is what God has called us to. He's going to work out the details. Here we go. All aboard, right? And I get on that ship and set sail. I want that concluding faith. Anybody with me on that? Man, Paul is a pioneer. I think of uh, Proverbs 69. Man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. I think, there's, I, I think a lot of us live in the first half of that verse. Man plans his way. Oh, yes, I got plans, somebody says. Oh, you, th- you think you got plans. Wait till you see my plans. Google Sheets, Google Docs, I got all kinds of, I'll assign you a task, I got all kinds of things. We've got budgets and investments and savings and all of, for our plans. Listen, none of that's a bad thing by itself. Please keep planning. Probably, as Americans, we need a lot more of that, okay? I'm not downplaying that at all. But let's not skip past the second half of that verse. Man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. You know what I think the problem is? We make our plans and then we get married to our plans. Till death do us part, me and my plans. We're not going anywhere. I'm seeing it through. God says, what? I didn't tell you to get married to your plans. Here's what we do. Here's here's faith. God, here are my plans. I've got my investments. I've got my calendar. I've got my family. I've got the desires you've placed on my heart. Here's all of it. And I'm just going to be faithful with it. And then, Lord, when you want me to make a turn, when you want me to change something, when you want me to reroute, my hand's open. Just take it. Trust you. Right? I'm not, I'm not, this is not faith. This is selfishness. Man plans his way. I'm sticking with my plan. No, this is, man plans his way. The Lord directs my steps. I got my hands open. God, I like my plans, but I like yours better. So I'm okay with crooked. I'm okay with crooked. Maybe, maybe, come on, let's say it one more time together. Ready? I'm okay with crooked. I hope that when you said it this time, there was a little bit more faith in it. Maybe not. I pray you'll get there. But here's why I think we need to be okay with crooked. You know, the Bible says that all of us have fallen short of God's glory. Psalm says that God is looking down from heaven to see who is doing the right thing or following God. Nobody is. We've all gone astray. This is our, our natural inclination is, to run away from God's direction. So when I say I'm okay with crooked, here's why I say it. Who am I to decide if something is crooked? Because the Bible says I'm flawed and fallen. So that's like me going, put this table right here that's straight, 
And that's like me, crooked Kevin over here, looking at the table like, table's crooked. You're like, I don't think it's the table that's crooked. I think something's weird with your spine right now. I'm like, no. Table's crooked. It's my vantage point that's crooked. Who are we as fallen sinful people who have missed the mark to say, God, my way is straight. You do it crooked. I think we need to flip the whole thing. Call it crooked if you want. Accept the way God does things for who can make straight what the Lord has made crooked. Call his way crooked if you want, but the reality is it's our way that's crooked. It's his way that's straight. It just from our skewed vantage point, looks jagged. So are you going to allow God to direct your life through the no's and the yeses? Are you going to allow God to block the way that you wanted to go and trust him that he's got a better way? Are you going to allow God to detour you to get you to a new destination that you never planned on going to with the faith that when I get there, God's going to give me what I need for the next thing. And man, I was never planning on being. Some of you are in a place right now. You are in your own Troas. And that's both discouraging and I hope encouraging here in a moment. It's discouraging because you're like, I never planned on being here. Paul's like, I didn't pack for a trip to Troas. But listen, when you arrive in Troas, guess what? You may not even see it yet, but God brought you to exactly where you need to be. So you are in the place where you need to be to launch out for the next thing? Are you willing to trust him in the place that you never planned on being? I'm okay with crooked. I'm learning to accept the way God does things. I may not even always like it. That's okay. You don't have to like it. Ecclesiastes 7.13 didn't say like the way God does things just says, accept it. God, this one kind of hurts. I didn't think I'd lose my job. I didn't see our finances going this way. That relationship really went south. I didn't, I didn't see that coming. God, I really messed up in this spot. But I'm just going to accept the way God does things because I'm the one that's skewed, not God. Thanks for joining us for this message from Awaken Church. We'd love to hear how this message or the ministry of Awaken has impacted your life. Let us know at awaken.church forward slash my story.